Hey, welcome back to Dentistry Unmasked. I'm Dr. David Rice, Chief Editor of Dentistry IQ with my partner in crime here. Hey, Pam Maragliano Muniz, Chief Editor of Dental Economics. What is up this week? You know, I feel like we are a roundtable podcast, but there's two of us and I've got a roundtable. I have a roundtable too. And I think as co-hosts, we could decide like what we want to do, right? That, that, is that like an unwritten podcast rule or is that like stamped out there somewhere? I think it's, I would imagine it's stamped out there. Like it's my show. I get to do whatever I want kind of thing. <laughs> it's my party. I can cry if I want to. Exactly. So I, I started this, this zoom link and this recording. So let's just go rogue and do whatever we want to do. I like it. I like right. it. So in the spirit of us having a me party or an us party and not having anybody else there, can we talk about sometimes we need to make a clean break from people? Obviously, it could be patients, it could be team members, it could be personally, whatever. But sometimes there are people in our lives that do not spark joy. And I think we need to sometimes make them go away. Have you ever had that happen? Um, that is a hard, yes, I've had that happen. And, um, it, so have you ever had the speech, like, it's not me, it's you, which is, you know, usually not what we do, but sometimes what we need to do. Um, I think that is sometimes like, we know that in our heart, it's not me, it's you, but we always say it's not you, it's me, but we know the opposite. And so, yeah, let's talk about the yous that made me and you break up with them. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Can I start with an awkward situation? I love awkward situations. <clears throat> yes. So our practice up until four years ago was two, well, all male doctors and then an all female team just worked out that way. And um, one of our hygienists who will remain unnamed, Emily, is awesome like the other hygienists and you know just like super nice person easy to get along with um you know attractive person like you just meet her and like you'd be drawn to her so we're sitting around lunch one day and she's telling me the story about this patient who literally just left and she's like telling me all the things this guy said i'm like emily like how that's not cool we can't have that so he's coming back for perio treatment, I'm like, okay, so next time he comes back, like, I've got to walk in. We just need to like clear all the other patients out of earshot, not make him feel uncomfortable. But I had to have the, it's, it's not me. It's you. Like you can't behave. You can't say some of the things people say. I'm guessing you probably had some things said to you, but that was an awkward moment to part ways that way. Okay. Well, this is dentistry unmasked. So I'm going to ask you to like, what did he say? <clears throat> well, he was very flirtatious, but the straw that broke the camel's back was when he hugged her and gave her a kiss on the lips. Goodbye. Oh, okay. So a little assault action. It was legit assault. And it wasn't like he was like, you know, a 90 year old, cute little old guy who was, you know, maybe feels like somebody's grandpa. Like, he was like a 50-year-old guy. I'm like, does that work? Is that a strategy that I've been missing out on all my life? You just walk up and embrace and kiss somebody on the lips. I don't know. You know, it's so funny. We call it dental care and we care about our patients, but 
not that much. No, no. Turns out Emily was not a fan and I was more not a fan. I was mortified that like we didn't deal with it that day, but I was really grateful actually that he had an appointment to come back soon. Cause you know, it's like, you know, Gibbs, you know, rips up something in the house and I deal with it six months later, he doesn't understand. So it was great to have this conversation pretty ASAP with this guy. So did you like lead with, Hey, what's going on? We're here Mm -hmm. to do this today, but you cannot kiss my hygienist. Like what did you say to them? (laughs) Only I am allowed to kiss my hygienist. No, (laughs) (laughs) I sat him down and said, Hey, listen, before we get going today, we're not going to get going today. And I want to just have a convert. I know. Right. Um, I, I, I have to just be honest with you. I'm like, had a conversation with Emily. She shared what happened last time. That's just totally inappropriate. Can't have that here. Um, I hope you understand, you know, no hard feelings moving forward, but I'm just going to ask if you wouldn't mind going home now. And we just call this thing a day. And I was, you know, I was prepared, right? I had my little like one sheet of paper that said, you know, here's you have an emergency. You can reach out to us for 14 days and call the eighth district dental society. And thankfully he turned like 14 shades of red and purple and just bowed out. Could have gone worse. It could have gone worse. Like that's like negative reviews waiting to happen, even though he's the one who puckered up first. He, yeah. Kiss and tell. I don't know. How about you? What kind of craziness goes on in Salem, Mass? Oh my gosh, so much craziness. So <laughs> this is new. This is recent. And so this was a little, I okay, somebody might call it a little passive aggressive, but we did it anyway. So I had a patient referred to me and the doctor who referred the patient to me kind of gave me the heads up like, hey, this isn't the nicest patient and she's going to be really mean to the staff but she's going to be really nice to you. So she's like fine to work on. And I was like, um, okay, a couple things. If you're not nice to everybody in my office, then this isn't going to work. So she's going to know that from the second this begins. And okay. I mean, thanks for the referral, I guess. So yeah. whatever. So this patient comes in it was like the opposite happened. She was nice to everybody in the office except me. So Basically, she sits down, I introduce myself, and I'm like, oh, you know, the dentist that referred you, like, they're wonderful. I love them. Like, blah, blah, blah. How can I help you? And it was like, you know, those patients that don't even really want you to look in their mouth, but they want the solution and they want to know how much it's going to cost. But like, you didn't even get a chance to look in their mouth yet. Yeah. So it was like that. And I was like, okay, well, you're here for a consult. You're already being mean to me. And And it was like those patients that are just super aggressive. And and I'm thinking this person's here for a full mouth rehab. You know how many hours a full mouth rehab is? And I'm not fast. And I'm like, I'm going to be spending collective days, weeks with this woman. And she's not even nice to me. So how is this going to possibly go well? Because let's face it, when you have a patient that like loves and trusts you, for some reason, everything goes really well. And when somebody's super skeptical and they kind of can't stand you, I feel like that's when shades don't match, contours are off, something doesn't fit. It's like a nightmare. So this was something I saw from like right away. So 
she was aggressive and I was like, well, you'll have to come back and we'll have to do some more diagnosis and it's going to take, you know, a little time before I can give you a comprehensive plan. So we did a thing and I don't really love doing this and I've heard of Thank people you. doing this, but like I had to make her go away. So we quoted her like a stupid amount of money for this, this records collection appointment, figuring she'd go away. She scheduled, she scheduled for this appointment. And so now I'm like, I can't believe she scheduled. And again, I don't think this is going to be a good match and I'm going to have to have this conversation if I can't just make her go away organically. So the appointment was scheduled for this week and we kind of went out of our way not to confirm this person. We just booked a whole schedule around like as if this appointment didn't exist and she didn't show up. And Thank so, God. yeah, so I feel like we sort of broke up with her. I guess she broke up with us, but we made it bad enough for her to go away. I don't know. I kind of feel like you did the ultimate breakup. You allowed her to break up with you when you wanted to break up with her. So it was her idea. It was her idea. I made it. Yeah. So I was like, it's not me. It's you. And she's like, it's not me. It's you. So I'm going to go away. And I'm like, bye. It feels like you might have done this once in your personal life, like you have a story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a little easier to ghost people that don't book appointments with you. But um, yeah, so this was something that just kind of had to happen. But I've had conversations like that before with patients, and it's super awkward. I've had patients make my team cry, and I have to sit them down and explain to them that they can't make these people cry because then they can't be a patient in the office. And it's, it's hard when, you know, like your patient treatment wasn't really initiated yet. So it's easy to kind of make that break. But yeah, I had somebody, I was in the middle of a big full arch case and all of a sudden like his temp broke or something. And I wasn't able to see him. I remember distinctly, I was at my periodontist office, you know, um, taking part in a surgery that was happening. Like I physically could not go and fix the temp that moment. And he freaked out and yelled at my, my office admin. And then I had to sit him down and be like, dude, you can't make people cry. And so this is somebody like, I wish I made go away a long time ago, because this is the kind of patient that's like the human equivalent of stepping in gum. <laughs> okay. So two things that happen all the time in practices i'm sure on on multiple levels how how do how should dentists how should we break up with patients is there a way i don't know i guess what we have to do is have those skills mm -hmm. to identify who are a potential problem patient first that's a biggie and then maybe just make it not ever happen because once you're in that relationship and once you're starting care then you really can't really get out of it i had this idea, which I'm sure other people have done this before. My team shut it down so quickly because they don't want any more paperwork. But I was like, we should have a code of conduct. You know, you have all of these, this paperwork that everybody fills out that's so, you know, your medical history and HIPAA and, you know, confidentiality, all this stuff. Why don't we have a patient code of conduct that they read and sign? And it's like, if you can't be respectful, you can't show up for appointments, you don't pay, you don't do all the things that a patient's supposed to do then we reserve the right to end this relationship. 
I love that. So we have, it's funny you say that because we have all these agreements, not that we have tons, but we have agreements in our practice between like us as, you know, leadership with team and then team to team and team to leadership back. And we have patient agreements more on like a technical term, but it'd be great to have a code of contact agreement. This is who you promise at least not to be as a patient when you, when you come and hang out with us. Exactly. I like to wake up in the morning and show up at work and see my schedule and not mind everybody that comes in at the worst. You know, I look forward to many of them and seeing what's up with them. But yeah, there's some people, you know, like, you know, when their appointment is like two weeks from now and you're like dreading that day. I hate that. Okay. So most just awkward moment for you with the patient where maybe you didn't have to break up, but you had to definitely sit down and have like some sort of straight convo with them. Oh my gosh. So this is awkward. And this is like, oh my gosh. So, okay. If you know me, I'll just be open about it. Like my weight fluctuates like no other, like I'm like, you know, like I can gain and lose weight, like a celebrity for a movie role, unfortunately. (laughs) And I remember early in my practice, this was so horrifying. I had this old lady in the chair and I'm like, kind of gaining weight. I just bought my practice. I was like stressed out, like whatever. And, um, she looks at me and she's like, are you pregnant? And this is with my hygienist at the time. And I'm like, no. And she's like, what twins? (laughs) And I literally had to yell at the top of my voice. No, I'm just And I just yelled this at this woman. And you can see that now I've yelled it. My hygienist like wants to die. She's so embarrassed. The patient is super embarrassed. I'm like so annoyed that I had to yell this and that this is even coming up. And now this is my reality that I'm so fat that people think I'm pregnant. I never saw her again. And I'm not really that sad about it. But it did make me change my ways a little bit. I love that story. All right. I'm going to give it Slight tangent here, but so, you know, not been a question for me being a guy, but um, Laura, what, um, I'm going to say the youngest dentist in our practice, she um, was pregnant. And I mean, and Laura's like one of those like stick people, right? She's like, she just got like crazy genetics, whatever. So now she's a stick person. If you saw her from the back or maybe even the front, like you just wouldn't even notice. But if you saw her from the side, be like, all right, something's up. Is something up? So she's legit pregnant. And um, I think women in general deal with this better than men. So let's say male patient walks in and is kind of trying to, you could see him processing, like, is she pregnant? Is she not? Do I say something? Do I not? So he's looking at her and he says, and this is all vicariously. I'm getting the story through Laura. Bless her. She's awesome. (laughs) She's like, so he looks at me and says like, so what's new? And only as Laura could do. She's like, well, I've been eating a lot more and I'm getting kind of heavy. And then just carried on conversation of normal. And this guy's 14 shades of white. I'm like, did you ever tell him that you were pregnant? She's like, no, I just. I just let him walk out thinking. (laughs) I love that. You know, when we see people day in and day out, sometimes we have to entertain ourselves, right? We have to create things. Totally create things. Most definitely. So I know we don't have a ton of time left, but have you ever had to 
I mean, you had to have, how do you break up with a team? Do you do it like as quickly as possible? Do you kind of, I mean, drag it out? I think we've all made the mistake with any breakup, letting things drag out longer than they need to. What's your feeling on team members that need to go? So, and I'll caveat this with, I was not good at this when I was a brand new owner. I was absolutely like the person you dated and you knew you shouldn't be dated and all your friends and family knew. So I, I sucked at it in the beginning, but what I learned was like, um, once we had our agreements, it became easier. So we, we built a three strike rule and, and basically the, the frame of the story is like, Hey, everybody knows how we win at East Amherst Dental Center. And then everybody knows that if this is how we win the game, that there's some rules to the game. And we all literally, we still do this to this day. We sit down at a table every fall, we review next year's plan and we say like, uh, this is who we agree to be. And then our, our three strike plan is really simple. The first time a team member goes against who they promised to be, we have a little one-on-one -on -one conversation. We of course note HR and then we just move on. The second time they do it, we have a more serious conversation. We note HR and we say, hey, David, um, you do remember how this works, right? And then we pause and we make David say, yes, third strike and I'm out. And we've only had to do this one time, which is really cool. We had to sit a David Rice down and say, hey, do you know why we're here? And that David Rice said, I do. I let the team down. I broke my promise. I kid you not, Pam, took keys out of pocket, rested them on our um, on our round table in our, in our private office and said, I'm really sorry. And I learned in that moment that like all these lessons that I learned, I'm like, they actually work, but they require us to have a process and they require us to have, I think, the strength to trust that process because after like you know, I was dying. I was dying on the inside that whole day in anticipation of that conversation. But once we did it, I realized I'm like, wow, this didn't have to be adversarial me versus you. You're a bad person. I'm a bad person. It's just objective. We agreed to these things. And then you chose to do something that was different than what you agreed to do. Um, I love that. So setting expectations mm -hmm. and then not only from the leadership standpoint, but the, you know, the team standpoint, everybody's accountable. Everybody. And I'm going to, I'll be honest with you, the hardest accountable human in that relationship was me having to say, okay, I'm not going to give that person one more time or one more time, or it's, it's not going to get better on its own. And, and then the moment we trusted that we could go through with it and hold ourselves accountable, it actually worked. So it does work. That's amazing. So I love that you have a process. I'd say I have a process too that's similar once you're considered an employee, but we have a trial period. Oh, I like that. And to get through that trial period is not easy. So my okay. process, I know this is going to sound like super Black Widow, but it's pretty obvious quickly if somebody's going to fit in or if they're not. And if it's just not going to work, I literally see my office manager walk by my office and I'm like, hey, Brittany, she comes in. And I'm like, make them go away. <laughs> it's like the mafia. Well, she loves firing people. And so there's been times when I've fired people and she's mad at me because she didn't get the opportunity to do it. So I'm like, all right, well, you know what? You like doing it. I don't 
I mean, I don't mind it, but I feel like if you like it, it's all yours. Who am I to deny you what you love doing so well? I to deny you. Exactly. Well, this has been fun. I like us parties. This is, this is a fun us party. We have to do this again. We're going to have to do this again. So everybody, if you've broken up with a team member or a patient or you have a story, hit us up on social because we certainly want to hear it. And if you like this episode, why don't you give us a five stars? Don't you want a review? I would love a review, please. Five stars, anything less than 4.95. Just keep it to yourself. Exactly. Do what Thumper's mom said. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. So David, this was fun. And guys, can't wait to see you all next week. Cheers. Thank you everyone for watching or listening to the show this week. And thanks to our guests and sponsors on this episode. Please check out our social media at Dr. Pamela underscore Maragliano and at Dental Economics Official. Or you can check me out at Ignite DDS or at Dr. David Rice. And go to dentaleconomics.com to receive dental economics. You can choose to receive DE in print or digitally, and you can also get the details of our Principles of Practice Management Conference on our website. If you have topics or guests or anything you'd like to talk about on the show, send us an email to dentistryunmaskedpodcast at gmail.com, and we will do our very best to make it happen. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.